0: Hello, and welcome to the Indexical podcast. I'm your host, Madison Hine. It's late March 2020, and like many of you, the folks at Indexical are grappling with the current COVID-19 pandemic, living under quarantine, and trying to figure out how we can stay connected to our creative communities. In addition to exploring online streaming and new digital formats for concerts, we're reviving our podcast. I started the podcast back in 2016 with composer John Myers. We are currently sitting on a small archive of unreleased episodes. So over the next few weeks, Index School will release these Never Heard podcasts, while we also work on some new material. Today's episode features an interview John and I recorded back in October 2017 with Paul Metzger and John St. Pelvin before their concert at Wind River in the Santa Cruz Mountains. To kick it off, you'll hear an excerpt from Metzger's live performance of Death's Other Kingdom, and then the original introduction John and I recorded for the episode. Stick around after our interview to hear a bit of St. Pelvin's performance at Wind River. If you have thoughts or questions about this episode or the Index School podcast in general, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our handle is music. I'm also available via email at madison at indexschool.org. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy.
1: Welcome to the Indexical Podcast. I'm John Myers.
0: And this is Madison Hying. In this episode, we talk with John St. Pelvin and Paul Metzger at Wind River in the Santa Cruz Mountains.
1: John plays guitar, sings, and plays theremin, often all at the same time, in addition to moving around the performance space in order to activate various different kinds of guitar feedback. Paul strums, plucks, bows, and taps on a banjo outfitted with custom modifications, such as the addition of 18 extra strings. In our conversation, we talk about the underground experimental scene in the Twin Cities, their approaches to improvisation and experimentation, and their search for new sounds.
0: We recorded the podcast outside ahead of their concert at Wind River during the Maidens of Delos soundcheck, so you'll hear Laura Steinberg on the viola da gamba and Mustafa Walker on the hurdy-gurdy throughout the podcast in the background.
1: We will also be listening to excerpts from the concert throughout the show. Thanks for listening.
0: Hope you enjoy.
2: Yeah, yeah. So you guys live around here? Yeah. Jesus Christ.
0: <laughs> yeah. Santa it's Cruz is sweet. like crazy place because you have the forest and the beach and it's all just kind of smushed up together. Yeah. yeah. Where is do you? This, li- is this
2: on? Yeah. Oh, where do you? Where do you live? In Minnesota.
0: How is it there?
2: It's prairie. Yeah. Country, you know, and real long winter. Are yeah. you doing your thing now? Yeah. Do I have to do this? Yeah. yeah long winters uh, Saint Pelvin and I are in that same region. I've always Good. been there, but he's a well traveled cat, so he knows other places you know and sure. I, I've never been here. You've never been to I've, yeah, this is the first time I've toured West Coast. Mm. Have you been to
0: California or California? when I was a kid? Or, yeah. yeah, do you like it? <laughs>
2: It's so different. It's yeah. too much to take in.
0: Sure. It's yeah.
2: well freaky. <laughs> <laughs> don't
1: you think? Well, it's, you you guys are from here, here? I am. I'm from the East Coast, so I, I know what you mean. <laughs> it's crazy out yeah. <laughs> here. Yeah, it's super different for me.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> a lot to take in. Yeah.
0: But in a good way? Or? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Cool. Oh, what? Yeah. This whole scene here mm-hmm. is uh, like a dream you don't dare dream. It's out of control. Yeah, this is right? a really cool yeah. place that we just kind of happened off. Oh, it's
3: crazy. Yeah, that's <laughs> good. Yeah, I'm a little more familiar with it because I grew up over there.
0: Okay, where did you grow
3: up? <laughs> Palo Alto. Okay. In the, the before times. Yeah. The long before times. <laughs> <laughs> In the olden days.
0: How did you two meet?
2: In the Twin Cities. Okay. Through yeah. the through the musical sort of under community. Okay. Yeah. So. There's a, there's a pretty robust avant improvisational noise, all sort of blended together scene. I think. Yeah. You know, I'm sure Stephen has his own vibe on it, but I mean, uh, John, and sort of, <laughs> no. it's
0: okay. We can edit that out. <laughs> yeah. Not, you know what? I'm not, I'm not
2: good at knowing stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, Yeah. so we met through that, being on the same bills and stuff, mm-hmm. and he's mining an area that's super compelling, and yeah. that's how we hooked up
0: Cool. To this. Yeah. Maybe, so now might be a good time for you two to introduce yourselves, <laughs> and maybe just tell our listeners a little bit about what you do. Uh, maybe we could could start with with John.
3: Sure. I'm John St. Pelvin. I play guitar. That's sort of at the center of what I do, but I do a lot of other things, too. Um, I sometimes play the theremin. I sometimes sing along with the theremin while I accompany it on the guitar. I sometimes do funny things by wiring up feedback systems inside my guitar. Um... So that I can control feedback pitches while I'm playing, mm-hmm. but like on a separate channel. It's like I wear it in stereo. It's very hard to describe. It's particular to ways I figured out of placing microphones inside hollow body archtops. Um, yeah, I mean, I, what I do, I think, is probably at some place based in, you know. American blues music, but I'm interested in a huge wide swath of things. So I've been influenced by a lot of different kinds of things. Really been influ- influ- influenced by jazz influ- improvisers, you know, um, jazz saxophone players actually. A lot of that in there, but uh, yeah. I think that sounds good. So are you <laughs> it, Paul? You think yeah. that's looking? yeah? Because I've yeah. heard them a lot. Yeah. <clears throat> so I, mm-hmm. I think that's. Well, I mean, one That's thing that d- that developmentally led me into this whole sphere was that, like, you know, there was this time, starting about fifteen years ago, where every guitar player got a looper, <laughs> and they were like, "Okay, what can I, I can, now? I can play with you, you know." Yeah. And some people, a couple, one, okay, a I'm couple of Friend, <laughs> yeah. yeah, does yeah. things with a looper that are just will blow your mind, and. 90% of other people, I just feel like this is a crush. There's got to be another way to be a soloist, but also extend the possibilities of the guitar without doing the traditional thing of like, you know, just playing straight stride or doing classical style. You know, there's got to be another way to bring other sound palettes in besides using a looper. And that was like this question that I was asking myself like uh, more than a decade ago. It's like, how do I do that? And I was like, oh, sing. But then I found theremin. I found ways to like accompany myself with feedback. And that all kind of just slowly evolved into a, a way of approaching it
0: what was the attraction with for the theremin
3: uh, it's just so blunt and raw and it's really
0: unwieldy right it's like really people unwieldy. don't realize that because like people that are good at playing it, it they make it look really easy but it's like really squirrely
3: it's really squirrely and i play it completely wrong yeah. <laughs> you know and and um you know there's some people who play it beautifully and that's not me but i've figured out ways to make it, um, I don't know. I guess the ways the ways that I am interested in it is that the ways I figured out how to make it support my voice mm-hmm. um, and interact with my voice and move them in and out of each other. So sometimes you can't tell what you're hearing and right. whether my voice is going off to some crazy squirrely place or whether it's the theremin doing it or both. Or
1: yeah, I was listening during during your sound check. Uh, it really felt to me like there's no, it's. A lot of the time there's like three different lines going on there's what you're doing with the guitar what's going on with your voice and and the theremin and I'm wondering how sort of conscious of like is it just all one beast for you or Um, is it sort of the
3: yeah boy you know it's there's certainly a totality there but I'm I'm very much in the moment trying to like make it happen it gets very 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 present tense like Okay, now this voice is dropping out, and the theremin's coming in. I mean, I'm think I'm thinking a lot about it um, while I'm doing it, and, and there's a feeling that I kind of like about it. It's juggling, and and you try not to drop the balls, <laughs> and, and when you got a theremin, you've got some pretty like uncooperative. That's a really uncooperative yeah. ball, and uh, <laughs> which is what I love about it. It screams. It hits the moment that you hit it. You know, and it's unforgiving, but it's also just expressive, just like, bang, you know.
0: Well, I think um, you're playing it like you should, because, like, the thing is, like, when it was invented, people were using this, like, crazy new instrument to play classical music. Like, yeah. why would they play classical music with that? They could make new music with <laughs> it. And so, like, you're
3: actually doing something new with it, which is interesting no, to well, me. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I feel like if, if you're going to make a very, very a kind comparison, it's to the way, like beef heart approach (laughs) and clarinet, sure. You know, it's something that's like, I just need the expressivity out of it. I need to like, I don't need to master it in a way to be able to play like a whole bunch of notes. Yeah, 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 cool. Well, what about you, Paul?
0: Tell us a little bit about what you do. Oh,
2: so for me, with what, the kind of work that I'm doing now, is uh, really comes out of uh, records that I love and have listened to, you know, since I was a teenager. So I was always really drawn to Hindustani music primarily, and, but also, you know, fingerstyle guitarist. Flamenco, uh, Koto music, shamisen—so a lot of different sounds. I really like this palette of these sounds, you know, that are out there. And I think it's real common for, well, it can be common for someone with an instrument to try to coax out things that are a different voice you know from something else you've heard you know uh, the human voice you know I try to bring that into what you're bringing out instrumentally you know it's a real uh, for some people for me that's a it's a definite thing um, that I dwell in that little zone and so uh, I pull all these things in and then just improvise within the moment of you know performance or recording or whatever the thing is you know so i'm like a one one take kind of cat you know (laughs) whatever (laughs) yeah yeah yeah
1: how do you um how do you think about form when you're kind of working in that context are you Mm -hmm. Uh, how locked in? Like uh, when you sit down to play a set, are, are there certain kind of areas you're trying to get to, or is it mm-hmm. kind of you're totally no, locked into you. the moment? And, yeah, yeah, it dig.
2: It's a, yeah, it's a mixture. of that it's uh, a couple. Maybe there's a you know a couple areas. Let's let's say three kind of zones, depending on what I'm constructing. You know, and trying to. Uh, do there might be like three kind of little touchstones that are part of it and then that sort of is a rough guide of where to head but within that then it's it's pretty up in the air to like the room and the people and you know the vibes of what's happening yeah
0: one question I had, I think there's maybe several similarities that you could draw across both of your music. But one thing that I think, and I feel like it's maybe stupid to say talking to musicians and oh, performers, let's do that. but uh, <laughs> it's like I, I,
4: you really me.
0: both seem so keyed into sound in mm-hmm. a way that I think is actually uncommon for a lot of performers. Mm-hmm. Um, and your music seems very sound driven. It seems like when you're performing, you're doing a lot of listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was just wondering, like, what does being sound driven mean to you? And like, how does that maybe like look or sound like oh to me yeah yeah I'd, yeah
2: I'd say uh, uh, well I have a I'm really into honesty of the sound as honest as possible so I don't use um, pedals to alter what's coming out or anything I just have a contact film mm-hmm. attached to the head and it creates a real immediate, honest, sometimes microscopic sound. So I, I just want to hear the sounds and what is coming out and those subtleties and work within that without bringing any other kind of element into it. And so, uh, is that except sort of amplifications, you know. Yeah.
0: And is that sort of where, like, Building instruments comes into play mm-hmm. where it's like wanting to hear new sounds mm-hmm. and like just yeah. putting things together to hear what things will sound that's like. That's a
2: big part of it, yeah. yeah. Like having you're playing you know, let's say I'm playing along. Is it deer? Is that there? of concern? Would you no, it's say deer. it's oh. a deer,
3: okay.
2: yeah.
0: yeah. It's a couple of deer. They're just right. messing around up there. Oh that one's huge. <laughs> Alright.
2: I saw it. That. <laughs> yeah, that's big. Uh Yeah, so like, maybe adding something, like a string or an area, cutting something, and then there's a new, there's sort of an addition to the vocabulary of playing that I like to then assimilate. And even though it's awkward at first, maybe, you know, but then if you roll with it for long enough, it just becomes like an instrument. Another option and another sound that you can get to, and maybe get somewhere, get somewhere else. You know, take you out, outside a little bit. Yeah. I really love that kind of feeling, and mm-hmm. and uh, well I think Stephen, I, I think John and I have that in common. Yeah, and, but we can talk about yeah, real good. sound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: That's a big subject. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know. I certainly, I'm interested in the kind of immediacy that I think Paul and I, I think we share. Um, And um, I don't know. I see, yes, I think about some structure. Yes, sometimes I play a piece that is recognizable each time, but it's almost like I'm really, Compelled by the crisis of the current moment, you know, and it you doesn't know, have to be a crisis in a terrible like scary way, but like it could anything could go out of control at any instant, and you could lose track of it, or you could break into some other new thing that you didn't think would happen, you know. You just sort of like it, you there's that there's that cusp, and I, I think this goes back to why I'm so interested in the theremin just like it's just it's blasting or it isn't it's you know especially the way that i play it which if for people who are just listening to this and haven't seen me play it, i'm thrashing at it with the guitar neck um and uh <laughs> sometimes with my hand but a lot of the time it's just like with the guitar neck while i'm finger picking um so i'm really interested in that in that kind of cusp of that moment and that focus and um uh, sort of For personal reasons, I discovered that it was a very good way for me to work. Because I have issues with attention. That, um, uh, it helps me to deal if I do something that makes me really present tense. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, where that moment just rolls into the next moment, to the next moment, to the next moment. So there's something about those immediate kinds of sounds that I just like to be there with as it rolls forward.
2: Does that and makes any sense? Does that yes. make sense? And I think yeah. as, a, as like the solo musician world is built for that, you know, you can be right at the crest of time, you know, you don't have... Maybe not other cats that you're playing with, that, and yeah. so you can just turn on a dime mm-hmm. <laughs> and not throw anybody <laughs> off. Like just really go on your own exploration. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, what yeah, the yeah. hell are yeah. you doing, Metzger? I thought yeah. there's a thing, in the, you know, and then you know you can just head off yeah. at, on a whim sure. and yeah. having a mm-hmm. um, sort of like what John was saying about the looper, you know. Uh, it can be you like for me and and like with the theremin, it, they're real unforgiving, which I like. Like my instrument is, if if something is gonna be not good, it's right there, yeah. it's right it's right in it, and and so I like that kind of tight ropey thing, and you're going on and you're you're moving in moving through things a lot more freely than in combo sometimes although I do collaborate with uh, free musicians mm-hmm. and that's really ideal for me because then you're
0: playing with other people but you have, still have that yeah
2: they're, it's kind of a group kind of chasing down that same vibe and that's something that I'm dedicated to yeah. you know well, it's not for everybody though I mean there, there are you know, in general, not a lot of people interested in original music, and then even less in improvised music, and then even less in instrumental, you know, and then even less want to hear a banjo, you know, (laughs) so I've crawled back into just a sweet little cave, and there's just a few people that uh, give a shit. And that, but that really works for me. You know, yeah.
0: maybe that gets to one of my other questions that I had. Is like I think one of the common thread between a lot of the artists that we talk to and sort of bring through Santa Cruz is that. We all sort of, we consider them all experimental in some way. Mm-hmm. And so I was just wondering if you could talk. I mean, you, I saw like when reading up on stuff that both of your music was labeled experimental in sort of one context or another. Like usually in relationship to another kind of music. It's experimental folk or experimental whatever. But I don't know. I don't think experimental music has to be tied to a genre. But I was wondering like maybe what you think about all this.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, I can say something about experimental. Yeah. Experimental is a tough word. And I actually come out of the experimental film world before I was an experimental musician. And it is just one of these words that never describes it. It describes certain aspects of it. You know, you're gonna have an experiment and you don't know what the results are gonna be and you're gonna try something and you're gonna learn something from the process. I buy I buy those parts of it sometimes. An experiment but it's more than as that. an as a <laughs> hypothesis. You lay out a hypothesis and you play it and yeah. you fall on your face and that can happen. <laughs> But it's also like weirdly <laughs> inadequate. It's become such a like a, um, a catch-all phrase for stuff that just doesn't fit. Right. Mm-hmm. When maybe the focus of the work isn't actually on that experiment in that moment. Yeah. Maybe it's more about like getting into a kind of trance place. Maybe it's more about. I don't know help me out Paul some other like <laughs> modality trance place a, tra- a trance <laughs> you know what I mean it doesn't it doesn't cover it all and yet, it, they, yet it, the name gets blanketed <laughs> over everything and, and, mm-hmm. and I don't know a better word though I, and so and i thought about it you know and I don't Ted, like, like me man yeah. I just love having
2: any kind of section I might be in with some other people <laughs> I like that you know, because otherwise, just by yourself, you're just like, oh yeah. Then there's that shit, you know, it doesn't fit into there's, the thing. But there's, if there's
3: no, no, no. There's these genres, and yeah. Then there's that banjo guy. Yeah, that exactly. that guy. <laughs> But moving on, you know, and the, the thing.
2: But when you have a term that isn't really that important, but the idea that it's a grouping, perhaps of like-minded cats, you know, that are and, you know, with touring and playing with, uh, on bills with other people that are perhaps in that same thing, it's a really good feeling for me. Yeah. Not so much feeling like um part of something, like a movement or some shit, because it isn't really defi- that well-defined, but just kindred spirits, mm-hmm. uh, so... It's a nice feeling yeah. for someone else is chasing down something stupid, you know, and I mean that in a good way, you know. Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. Absolutely. There's, it, there's a certain idiosyncratic approach that, like, I really appreciate in other musicians, and sometimes that looks like something that really smells like experimental, and sometimes it's something it doesn't, yeah. but like this person is really chasing down, as you're saying, called their thing and their take on it and it mm-hmm. leads you leads into an unusual place and i just yeah i'm all for yeah, it i'm yeah. all for the term <laughs> <laughs> i like it because otherwise when you get
2: right otherwise what do you got you don't you don't have a guitar guy with a theremin yeah <laughs> genre It just doesn't <laughs> you're alone <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, well, I,
1: another b- kind of broad category that I wonder if, if you yeah. guys feel any mm-hmm. it, just kind of like free improvisation, mm-hmm. this sort of like large world. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think for a lot of people that that tends to uh, go towards you know, late Coltrane yeah. and sort of these kind of free jazz, jazz. sorts of situations. Yeah. I wonder mm-hmm. um, is that a, is that a big part of the scene in the in the Twin Cities? Oh, or, yeah, dude,
2: the kind of yeah. We hit like one of Huge. the cats from the sixties who's dedicated all his work to it, Milo Fine, who is just high order musician, um, is in the Twin Cities and I'm count myself was real fortunate to be able to have played and recorded with him. And he's like one of my cats, you know, and I can, I like to roll in that zone, you know, because there's a, there are a lot of similarities. And there are other great players that fall into that, that same thing. There's a Reed player, uh, George Cartwright, just a phenomenal free player. You know, lucky to have played with him a lot. And yeah, so I, for that that genre, you know, for what it is, there's some really heavy cats back home. Yeah. And I love, love to play with them.
1: I was wondering about something uh, you were talking earlier about, John. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. About kind of being at the, the edge of that moment where, uh, you know, so, or, or, and, and how the theremin might, you know, things might get out of hand right yeah. away. So, you know, there's that kind of old joke that uh, about uh, not not really joke old saying about like jazz jazz musicians if you play a wrong note you know you have to play it twice yeah and then it's no it's not wrong anymore so i wonder like (laughs) when you're in that kind of situation where something isn't quite going maybe as you expect or uh, yeah you know yeah that happens that (laughs) happens (laughs) do you just do you do you kind of try to uh, to to push into it well
3: yeah i mean i think you sort of have to i mean that's part of the that's part of um how you learn things too you know um Sometimes I'll be strumming along, doing something really fast, and like with a rhythm and the stride and the bass, and I'll fuck up the stride, and now I got, and like suddenly I've got to stop. Well, okay, I got to use that, <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe I'll do it again, you know. And and it's not it's not just it's so simple as that. Well, you just do it twice, and then it's okay. But it's like, oh wait you can also integrate it. It can be, it can be simultaneously a mistake and something that teaches you how to continue with the music mm-hmm. in in that particular session, but also in the future. Like the next time I sat down and play something similar, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm gonna build some in, in some sections where I stop. And like, mm-hmm. maybe let the theremin talk for a minute by itself and then like, but you like kind of learn those by, you know, doing something, by, often by making a mistake is just mm-hmm. the truth, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm not a robot player. I'm not a robot technician, you know? I thought I'm you were, saying you were a meat robot. <laughs> yeah, I didn't no, say you I, was work. A, I, was a, I was a finely tuned one. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, meat robot, but not a finely tuned okay, one. Okay, I get it. Yeah, and I don't, it's it's also... And I'll, I'll go back to this, because it's maybe interesting to somebody somewhere, but I, I have had a... Um, rather severe pain syndrome for about almost 20 years and the thing that people don't know about pain is pain's bad you don't like it but pain is an intention robber and when you're in pain you um like it covers what you can see perceive it's like you're looking at the world through a tiny slice of of consciousness that's left over that's not looking at the pain And that is the truly awful thing about pain to me. It's like, it was robbing me of my attention. And one of the things that happened to me, which was part of my evolution from being a filmmaker to being a musician. I mean, I was always a musician. I had a guitar in there. I I learned to play on that when I was like 10 years old. That very guitar. Hmm. But um, uh, was that with playing the kind of music where you're in that moment, whether it's truly free improvising or something that has a lot of, um, you know, deciding what's going to happen in the moment that it's going to happen, is a way that you can look away and retake some of that attention that's been taken from you. And that was, when I was referring earlier to, like, a personal reason, That that's it. It's like, I discovered that playing music like this allows me to, like, steal back my attention from pain so really all there is to it it's just like you can boom and you can be right in there in that moment and if you're in that moment you don't your consciousness is too distracted to look at the pain anymore like for a little bit mm-hmm. you know and so um that's kind of what drove me and i think that's why i'm interested in that kind of music that's like really right at that moment where it's going to fall down because uh, you know i just i'm going to keep looking at that because i can yeah. I'm gonna be right there at that moment because I can. If I keep looking there, then I won't look there. You know. So it's like a it was kind of an intense thing for me to figure out.
1: Yeah, it's really and It happened,
3: powerful. About, <laughs> happened about ten years ago that I discovered that wait, you know, <laughs> I can use this in this way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, they can give you all the drugs in the world for that stuff and, and it all gets really boring really fast.
0: I'm sure that like closes yeah. the little Yeah. that you can see out of maybe.
3: You know, it's, it's, it's just
0: boring.
2: Yeah. You know yeah. when people say, you know, about a drug? Yeah. Well, it's, it's not a panacea, but.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and I always
2: think, give, me, a... the, give me the fucking panacea. <laughs> <Give me> panacea. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want know. that. There's a, I there's want a that. word called panacea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that can't be a mistake.
3: Yeah. Let's get into that shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> where do you, where do you got that? Let's bring it on. Yeah. You know they have their place yeah but, but yeah. then if they're not a solution you just sort of like you know you don't function very well <laughs> you're like all medicated mm-hmm. you don't discover anything figuring out how to, to use music in this way was like a really like an incredibly powerful tool that allowed me to like move away from that actually which mm-hmm. was really good in many ways yeah you caught a break I did catch a break. Yeah. It was sitting in my closet all the time and I didn't know it. God oh, like damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is why I don't use my name.
0: Because of the change.
3: Because of the change. Yeah. I just kind of like leave.
0: Just get something new. Something yeah. new. I don't want to get think out about of that, that, that stuff. With, yeah. Yeah,
3: you know, I want to turn my attention at something else. Yeah. yeah.
0: What made you choose the name John St. Telton? Oh, just ridiculous
3: reasons. Yeah. Yeah, it's completely silly. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's the best I reason. Could, could, uh, yeah, it's silly. It actually is based in a dream that I had once, but uh, that's completely ridiculous. It does. It's not like a powerful, like profound like, vision kind of dream. I had this really silly, funny dream while I was sleeping on some sand dunes at, um, outside of Death Valley. And uh, that part of that name came to me in this dream, and it was just funny. And... and it was perfect, so it's like yeah, there is a story for why I got that name, but it's not a—it's not a revealing deep story. It's just like I think it's more interesting that it just—it could be any name. That's why I picked well, John. John could be any name, you know. That's money. Yeah, <laughs> John's the most like. It's a name. Yeah, it's a real namey name. It's a real yeah. namey name, yeah. and a lot of good people have it. You know, yeah. like this fellow here seems like a very nice gentleman. And yeah. you know, and John Coltrane. That's not yeah. lost to me. John Fahey, who I'm, I'm a fan of. I yeah. don't know. We a
0: lot of dudes.
3: Yeah, John. John. They're mostly men. <laughs> yeah, so you guys come right out and say. it <laughs> It's true. John's just a dude name. <laughs> yeah. yeah, What about you, Paul? Is What's Paul your real name? It is my name. Is. Yeah. yeah. No, You're gonna one
2: occurs
0: for you. I guess that goes with the honesty bit. I
2: don't have feelings about it. Yeah. My wife likes it. No. To say yes. it, you know, and like, you know, because when you're with someone for a really long yeah. time and all that. Yeah. But other than that, I don't have a real, I don't have feelings Attachment about to it. it. Yeah, to yeah. it. Yeah. So I've always just been.
4: Just Paul.
2: Played as me, yeah. Yeah. Paul will be playing the part of himself tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That kind of deal, yeah. yeah, but I like the thing where some people have a name that's cool, <laughs> you know,
4: yeah,
2: and then but it's just a solo person, you know, and then you like, damn, well, the
0: that... whole name, yeah.
2: you know, well, I really want to think of that
3: to ask you guys,
0: you have feelings about Prince, it's mm-hmm. like you're from Minnesota, so I feel like yeah. I had to ask, uh-huh.
3: I don't know. You have to ask him because I yeah. I didn't I don't have that relationship with Prince because uh-huh. I I'm a transplant yeah. you know? mm. yeah. I have a more of a relationship with like we were talking about this right like you're talking about the replacements and mm-hmm. I'm more mm-hmm. of like a a a Minuteman guy mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. <laughs> well yeah with
2: Prince he's a sexy motherfucker yeah <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> undeniable yeah and he's, it's let, undeniable and he lets you know <laughs> in the song I think. I mean, personally for me, the thing is, I mean, I'm not into his, his sort of ballad work, but he can bring the funk in a great way. I think his, some of his records, production, the production was out of control. So, yeah, I dig that guy. Mm -hmm. But sort of like uh, half of his work. Sure, (laughs) it works for me and then of that I've got like you know a few that I
3: dig a lot there are some really good things out on YouTube of him playing guitar Mm -hmm. he shreds (laughs) he is well he's um, not only does he shred he does shred Mm -hmm. he's interesting yeah Yeah. I mean he does he does all these like these short phrases that he comes pulls up short Mm -hmm. in, in places you don't expect and then like blast through an impregio that's, like, really, like, he's crazy. A, yeah, and he's then, a full-on yeah, fucking really badass. interesting take at it. Yeah, I mean... And the funny it's, thing yeah. is, is, like,
2: it's, like, sort of a toss-off for him. Mm-hmm. Like, he just, <laughs> he has it, yeah, and yeah. then all of yep. a sudden he's, like, funk, and then he... And <laughs> he's, he just kills it, <laughs> yep. and he's just a million times the guitarist of Name Anybody type of deal. You know, although... You know he's got his aside from style and taste and all that shit, uh, he gets he gets around in a really hot way, man. That guy's really a special player, and he was way into the Twin Cities and making it be that that's where he's he is and that's his community,
4: yeah.
2: and he lived it. Mm -hmm. It was really cool, I thought, because some people come into a lot of bread, and then they go to a different location because Minnesota's fucked up with weather, and some of the culture is weird, Mm -hmm. you know, but...
0: Well, you've been there there for a long time. Do you feel really Mm -hmm. connected to that community, your community there? No. You just are there. Well, I'm not a
2: real community-based being, you know, I'm the kind of person that real kinda hermity mm-hmm. and I have my a few people that are my my people, you know, and then that's how I, I've always been, you know, so I don't I don't have community type.
3: Yeah you, you do Paul. I do? Yeah you do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> God damn <it>. well, <laughs> like the Kyber and mm. like doing mm-hmm. these shows. You mm. definitely have a, you have a mm.
2: community. I have a real idealized idea. Idealized idea. That's good. I'm going to write that <laughs> now in the thing. Uh, of community. Of musicians and people that love music. If there were a community, that's it for me. And that's kind of everywhere. Yeah. But it's small. And. Traveling and playing puts me in touch with it, you know, where it's really almost in, you know, you go to a town, then there's the few cats who give a fuck, you know, and they're... Like right here. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm assuming you guys give a fuck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) And so it's a real nice filter for me, the kind of places that I'm lucky to play, and... uh, type of person that wants to be in that area, it's just a filter for real solid people, but it's not um, Mm location-based, I guess. I I think I kind of thought of it like that when I'm saying I'm not a community guy.
4: That makes sense. Mm Thank mm-hmm. you.